Good morning, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you for stopping by Thrive Church Online. My name is Raul and I will be your host today. So you can tell church looks a little different. What does that mean for you? Well, it means that you get to stay in your PJs and enjoy your breakfast. Pretty soon, Pastor JB will be sharing a message about how much God loves you. But before we get started, I do want to say this. For those of you with kids, make sure you click the resources button and download the Thrive Kids activities for today. That way they too can also be part of our virtual church online. Now, we also love an active and an engaged audience. So today's no different. Type in below and let us know that you are listening. Go ahead and type in whatever you want. You can say hello, say hello. Hi, oh, that's my mom. Hi, mom. All right, now that you guys are active and engaged, Here's Pastor JB with today's message. Well, it is so great to have you all here. Welcome to Thrive Church. Here at Thrive, we have a saying. We say, welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And because of that, since welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. If you're here for the very first time, you're joining us online, and you've never been part of anything we've done here at Thrive before, then you are what we call our VIP. You're our guest of honor. And in fact, as you're watching online, there's a little button that says, I'm new here. If you wouldn't mind clicking that and you know letting us know, and we would love to send you a little gift. It's nothing too mystical or spiritual. It's simply a Thrive Church water bottle that we'd love to send to your door just to say we are so glad that you joined us here today for our service. It's our very first online service. And so a big welcome to all of our VIPs, a big welcome to all of the brothers and sisters that make up our Thrive Church family. We are so glad to have you all here. I would have never thought that there would come a day when we would have to cancel our live on-site services. But given the wake of the coronavirus and given the ban that the government has had uh, imposed on you know, large gatherings of 250 plus people, we had to come up with a new way of meeting together. And so welcome everybody to our very first Thrive Church online service. It is so great to have you all here. And it's with an attitude of gratitude that we come together today to worship God wherever you are, whether you're in your car or you're in your living room or you're in your bedroom or wherever you might be. It's so great to have you here with us. And if you have someone in the room with you, would you mind giving them an air high five, a very safe air high five? And could you tell them this? Could you say, I'm so glad we're in this together. I'm so glad we're in this together. Well, it is my pleasure, my privilege to bring the word of God to you guys, especially on a day like today. And so if you have your Bibles, it's time to get those out. And if you have a paper Bible like mine, that's cool. If you have a phone or a device you downloaded the Bible into, that's cool as well. If you wouldn't mind doing this, just for fun, could you just hold up your Bible in the air like so, like this, right? That's awesome. And uh, if you're in the room with someone, you didn't bring a Bible, why don't you point to their Bible? And we're going to make this proclamation together in faith as a fun way to get our hearts ready for the message today. I've got a powerful message to share with you, but let's get our hearts ready by saying this together. If you know it by heart, say it with me. If you don't know it, we're going to show it to you right now. And this is how it goes. We're going to say it together right now. We're going to say, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And so if you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me, scroll with me, flip with me to Matthew chapter 28. 
Matthew chapter 28. Matthew is one of the easiest books in the Bible to find, fortunately. It's in your New Testament, second half of your Bible, first book in your New Testament. We're looking at Matthew chapter 28, the very end of Matthew. And I'm going to invite you, wherever you are, whether you're sitting, standing, lying down, wherever you want to be, I'm going to invite you right now to, to, to read Scripture with me together. Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20. We're also going to show it on the screen for you as well so you can follow along. Let's read this in a big, loud voice wherever you are. Why don't you read so loud that I can hear you wherever I am today. Would you do this together? Let's all say it right now. We're going to say, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Before I tell you the title to today's very important message, let me tell you something that happens at home for me from time to time. See, my lovely wife, Charlene, she is often in the kitchen, and sometimes she will need help in the kitchen. And whenever she needs help in the kitchen, do you know who she asks? She asks my son Bradley. Because my son Bradley, he's seven years old, he loves to bake, and he's very helpful in the kitchen. If she's got no other choice and there's no one else in the house, that's when Charlene will ask me. And that's when she will say to me something like, oh, I'm trying to open this lid. Can you undo this lid of this jar? And I'll be like, Char, you need help with the jar? Sure. And so what I'll do is I'll try to grab that jar. And this happened just a few days ago. And I'll be just like grabbing the jar and trying to open the jar. And I'll be like, ah! 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 And I'm putting it between my legs. I'm trying to twist it this way. I, I'm, I'm hammering it with my hand. I'm trying to open it. And I'm like, man, my goodness, I work out often, and I still can't open this. And, uh, and, and so, you know, what, what Charlene will do is she'll take this rubber band. And she'll take the rubber band, and she'll, she'll grab the jar. She'll put the rubber band around the top of that lid. And then she'll just go, try again. And I'll grab that jar, and I'll grip onto that lid now with the rubber band. And all of a sudden, when I twist the lid, ugh, I can open the lid. And, you know, why do I mention that? It's because I find this, is that fear can sometimes act like a lid on our lives. Is that fear can box us in, close us in, and hold us down. And that's why today the message I'm here to share with you is called Loosening Fear's Grip with God's Promises. Loosening Fear's Grip with God's Promises. Would you turn to your neighbor, if you've got a neighbor there, and would you tell them, can you help me get that lid off? Can you help me get that lid off? Today we're talking about taking off the lid called fear in our lives. You know, we're living in some scary times right now. And when you look around the world, when you look at the news, when you observe how people act on the street, when you follow the stock market, it's obvious that things are not normal right now. And, you know, for example, even for me, you know, I remember I took my son Caleb, who's just 18 months old, or, yeah, 18 months old, and I took him to a food court in a local shopping mall. And as he's walking, I'm saying, don't touch anything. Don't touch anything. Don't touch that. Don't touch this. And, he, you know, he's 18 months old. He wants to touch everything. I'm like, don't, please, don't touch anything. Nothing, nothing. And he's, he's got his hands on the ground. He's got hands, like, on tables. And I'm like, please, no. And then we end up going maybe three, four times to the washroom just for me to wash his hands over and over and over again. Like, don't touch anything. And then, you know, just a few days ago, I got a haircut. I don't know if you noticed I got a haircut. And uh, I started to sit in that chair. And normally when I go for a haircut and, I, and I, I'm sitting with a barber, uh, I will be quite gregarious. I love to talk with people. I love to get to know people. And so I, I'm sitting in the chair. But for the first time, and I don't know how long, I'm sitting in the chair and I'm not talking at all. 
and just because I'm hoping that this barber will not talk and spit over me and all these things, and because I'm I'm a little bit scared. And so so I'm, I'm I'm sitting there in the chair, and this super nice barber that I've never met before, who's never cut my hair, she's so chatty, and she's talking to me about all these things, about her family, about her plans, and deep down, I'm not to say it out loud, but deep down, I'm like, could you please not talk right now? Could you please just just cut my hair? And then and, you know, next door to me, I, I see this other woman who's cutting someone else's hair, and she's talking about her hay fever. I'm like, are you sure it's just hay fever? You know, it, it's one of those things where I'm just kind of, kind of scared myself. Maybe you're the same way. Maybe you find that your hands are sore and dry from washing them so much right now. Maybe you find that you're not ordering your venti Americano at Starbucks anymore, but instead you're just, you're just drinking hand sanitizer. That's all you're doing right now. Maybe, let me tell you something today that might surprise you because we're talking about fear today. Let me tell you something about fear. Fear, and you might be surprised to hear this in church, fear is actually not always a bad thing. Fear is not always a bad thing. In fact, fear can be, in certain circumstances, to a certain extent, a good thing. See, fear can keep us from making bad decisions. Fear can help us to be cautious in good ways. Fear helps us take seriously certain things in life. Fear can actually help us plan wisely for the future. And so fear is not always a bad thing. And while fear has a place in our lives, I'm also here to tell you this. Fear was never meant to control you. Is that we were not meant, we were not made to live controlled by fear. And just like that rubber band that my wife gave me to open that jar and to get rid of that lid, I'm here to tell you, one of the greatest weapons that God gives us so that we can get a grip on fear is God's promises. And I'm, I'm going to put it to you this way, is I find this, is that God never puts you anywhere without a promise. Wherever you go in life, no matter what situation you might find yourself in, no matter how dark or uncertain that situation may be, God never puts you anywhere without a promise. Wherever God puts you, there's a promise that he gives to support you, to help you, to give you hope. And that's what we're talking about today. See, today we're talking about two of the most important promises that you can find in the Bible. And before we look at these two promises, let me ask you this, because we're talking about Jesus's promises today. Let me ask you this question. Why can we trust Jesus's promises? You can trust Jesus' promises more than your parents' promises, more than your spouse's promises. In fact, you can trust Jesus' promises more than any other person's promises. And why is that? Let me tell you why. If you're exploring Christianity today, if you're just, you're not a Christian, you're just kind of checking out Christianity, you're checking out church, you got questions, love that you're here. So glad that you're here. Let me tell you this. Why can you trust Jesus' promises more than anyone else's promises? Let me tell you why. It's because of all the people in history who've ever made any promise. Jesus is the only one who made a bunch of promises, died, and rose again to prove that you can trust what he says. See, Jesus, he died on the cross to pay for our sins so that we could be forgiven. But he didn't just die for our sins. He also rose again from the grave to show that he is who he claims to be, which is not just some ordinary human being, but he is who he claims to be, which is the Son of God. And because he is trustworthy, you can count on the things he says. Because he's trustworthy, you can count on the promises he makes. If you believe that, say amen. And see, here's the thing. Today, we're going to look at two 
of the biggest promises Jesus ever gave. And we're going to look at it together right now. Read with me once again. Matthew chapter 20, starting with verse 18. What does it say? It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Go back to verse 19. See, verse 19 says, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you this. In verse 19, such an important verse, Jesus is announcing the purpose and the vision for the church. If you had to pick one verse that summarizes why Thrive Church exists today, then you can point to verse 19. Because that is why we're here. In fact, any Christian church that's around, the reason it exists should be because of verse 19. Is that we're here to make disciples of all nations. We're here to create and build followers of Jesus. We're not just here to draw a crowd. We're not just here to entertain. But the church, Thrive Church, is a disciple-making factory. If you believe that, say amen. And this is, in fact, verse 19 has become known as the Great Commission. They say that a great commitment to the Great Commission will grow a great church. And that's what we try to do. In fact, at Thrive, we put it this way. We say that here at Thrive Church, we exist for five purposes called A-E-I-O-U. A stands for alive. It means we're here to worship Jesus. E stands for, say it with me, expected. It means we're here to grow into Christ-like disciples. I stands for involved. It means we're here to serve God with our talents. O stands for out loud. It means we're here to lead others to Jesus. U stands for united. It means we're here to love the family that Jesus started called his church church. And see, let me tell you this. That is the vision of Thrive Church. And that vision doesn't change just because of coronavirus. That vision doesn't change just because of COVID-19. The fact is this, is that that will always be the vision because you're going to find this. Though your circumstances in life may change, God's purpose for your life never changes. And so when your circumstances are uncertain, the best thing you can do is to focus on God's purpose and vision for your life, which are certain. But the reason I'm showing you Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20 today is actually not because of verse 19. It's actually because of what surrounds verse 19. I want you to take a look at verse 18 with me. We're going to find this, is that wrapped around verse 19 like a Subway sandwich are two of the biggest promises Jesus ever made. Look at verse 18. What does Jesus say? He says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Say that again with me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What is he saying? In other words, he's saying, Jesus is saying, the one who's in control, the one who's greater than it all, the one who's greater than anything is not coronavirus. It's Jesus Christ. Jesus is the great one. Jesus is the greater one. Jesus is the greatest one, and all authority in heaven and on earth belongs to him. And so what's the first promise, if I could summarize promise number one, that God gives to you and to me and that he wants you to know today is this. Jesus is greater than any problem you are facing right now. That's the first thing you need to know. Turn to your neighbor, if you've got a neighbor there, and tell them Jesus is greater. 
Jesus is greater. He's greater than for the problems you're facing right now. He's greater than marriage problems. He's greater than coronavirus. He's greater than cancer. He's greater than financial woes. He's greater than personal uncertainties. He's greater than it all because all authority in heaven and earth belongs to him. That's the first promise. There's a second promise. And let's look at verse 20, the back end of verse 20. What does Jesus say? He says, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. What is he saying? If I had to summarize promise number two, it's this. No matter what situation you're facing today, Jesus is right there with you. Wherever you might be right now, listen to this message. If you are going through some tough stuff right now, can I tell you this today? Jesus is right there with you because he says, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And your name doesn't have to be Shirley for God to be with you. Your name could be Ryan. Your name could be Grace. Your name could be Marcy. Your name could be Mel. Your name could be anything. But the fact is this, Jesus' promise to you and to me is whatever you're going through today, Jesus is there with you. And see, these two promises, if you had to put it in a soundbite, a nutshell, let me give it to you right now. These two promises summed up the following way. God is greater than your problem, and God is with you in your problem. God is greater than your problem. God is with you in your problem. God is greater than your problem. That's verse 18. God is with you in your problem. That's verse 20. And so would you tell your neighbor, God is greater, and God is with you. Tell them that right now. See, maybe today you're feeling all alone in your circumstance. You're feeling all by yourself in the problem that you're going through. Let me tell you this today, is that God is with you in your problem. You might feel like no one understands what you're going through, that it all depends on you. Let me tell you this today. God is with you. And he is with you to the very, very end. See, maybe today you feel like the problem you're facing right now is too big for you to handle. Well, it might be. But can I tell you this? God is greater than your problem. And if the one who's greater than your problem is with you to the very end of the age, then you can start loosening your grip on fear. Amen. See, when I'm afraid, I need to remind myself that the problem I'm facing is not the greatest thing. It's the one who has all authority in heaven on earth and who's with me to the very end of the age. He's the one who's greatest in my life. And that's why sometimes we say at Thrive, you lose your fear when you know God is near. See, because God loves you and he didn't make you to be controlled by fear. That's why he gave us his promises, including these two very important ones. God is greater than your problem. God is with you in your problem. Now, here's the thing. Let me tell you this today. We're going to end with this. How you respond to God's promises is actually just as important as God's promises themselves. What do we mean by that? Is that God can give us all these amazing promises which are true, which are valid, which are reliable, which are trustworthy. But if we don't do anything with these promises, they're of no value to us personally. They make no difference in our lives. That's why these promises have been in existence for 2,000 years. And yet over the course of 2,000 years, including today, there are so many people in our world today, in our city, maybe even your home today, maybe including you, where we are more filled with worry and fear and anxiety than anything else. And so let me tell you this right now. It's not enough just to have you know, God making these promises. We need to respond to God's promises in a certain way. If we want to let fear loosen its grip on our lives, it's about how you respond to these two promises we're talking about today. And so let me end today by saying, how do we respond 
to these two promises that Jesus makes. That God is greater than our problem, God is with us in our problem. Let's look at the first one right now. See, since Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, since Jesus is greater than any problem you're facing right now, then what we need to do to respond to that promise, surrender your plans to God. Surrender your plans to God. See, how do you surrender your plans to God? That sounds really spiritual, but what does it mean practically? You know, I've learned over time that surrendering your plans to God really means three things. And you write this down today. First, surrendering your plans to God means do your best with what is in your control. And then with what is out of your control, trust God. Do your best with what you have that you can control. And what's out of your control, you trust God with it. That's the first thing. The second thing that surrendering your plans to God means is choose to do things God's way, not your way. Maybe you're facing a situation right now where you're really tempted to do things in a way that you know is probably not right, but you think, oh, it'll be such an easier solution that way. Or short-term-wise, at least, it'll be make things so much better. And you're tempted to do things your way instead of God's way. Surrendering your plans to God is saying, God, I'm going to trust you that your plan is better than mine. That's the second thing that surrendering your plans to God means. Third thing that surrendering your plans to God means is give it time. Is, is not to insist everything in my life needs to happen when I want it, the way I want it, right now. See, surrendering your plans to God actually means give it time. Be patient. Realize that you're not God. Realize that God is God and he will make things beautiful in his time. And so here's a question for today. Is there a plan that you need to surrender to God? Is there something in your life that you are trying to control with all that you can, but you're not able to, and that's why you're frustrated, you're worried, and you're upset. If, you're, if that's you, can I, can I suggest to you something else? Surrender your plan to God. You know, you're going to find this, is that when you, when, when, when you surrender your plans to God, a few things happen. When you surrender your plans to God, in exchange of your plans, what does God give you in return? In exchange, he gives you his peace. A peace that the world cannot give. A peace that you cannot manufacture yourself when you surrender your plans to God. You know, when you surrender your plans to God, one more thing happens. You give God room to work. Is that you say, God, what, what, instead of me trying to be God, instead of me trying to control everything, I'm going to give you the time and the space that you need to do things your way, believing that you have a better way. That's the second thing that happens. When you surrender your plans to God, something else happens. Is that you're saying, God, my hope is not in myself. My hope is not in my ability to figure things out. My hope is not in my own plans. My hope is in the one who is greater than anything else. My hope is in you. You know, never would I have ever expected that we would have to cancel our live services here at Thrive Church because of a virus. But let me tell you this. This is actually not the first time we had to uh, cancel something very, very important in my life because of a virus. Uh, back in 2003, my wife Charlene and I, we were supposed to get married on July 5th, 2003. On July 5th, 2003, that was our original wedding date. I, I think I should receive a prize for not just remembering my actual anniversary, but actually the, the fake or not the original but never it turned out to be anniversary. I think you should probably give me a prize, but th that's another story. The fact is this, is that we were supposed to get married on July 5th, 2003. But from November 2002 to July 2003, there was a virus that caused a respiratory disease called SARS that broke out all over Asia. And it caused approximately 800 deaths in 17 different countries. Charlene's parents lived in that region where SARS had hit big time. They didn't have SARS themselves, but Charlene's dad worked in a hospital. 
and because he worked in hospital, he was not allowed to leave the hospital. He was not allowed to leave the country to come to our wedding. And so by that time, it was maybe three weeks away from the wedding. We'd already given out or actually printed and we're about to mail out uh, certain invitations. You know, we had you know, out-of-town guests who had already booked their flights and paid for them to come to Vancouver. You know, we'd already booked the venue. And all of a sudden, because of SARS, we had to decide what are we going to do? And, you know, and, and I was like, Char, like, what are we going to do? And, and she's like, I'm not sure. What are we going to do? And like, should we just get married anyways? And she's like, without my dad? Oh, well, I, I don't know. Well, maybe, well, okay, maybe not. And, and see, here's the thing is, is, is that the wedding, we had to cancel it. We had to cancel the wedding just a few weeks before because of a virus called SARS that interrupted our plans. And, you know, it was one of those things where people like, what's going on? Are Charlene and JB okay? Is everything all right? And it was, it was simply because of SARS, a virus that interrupted our plans. And I can be, if I had to be really frank with you, during that time, did I have questions? Yeah, I did. I was like, God, why is this happening? God, like, wh- why is this going on? And, and you know, like, is, is this not meant to be? And, like, and, and like I was like, Shara, do, do your parents not want us to get married? Are they, are they, are they mad? Are they, do, do they not like I, I, was, I, was, I was thinking these crazy thoughts. And, and here's the thing. There was no use complaining about it. All we could do Believing that God never allows hardship, suffering without a purpose. All we could do was three things. The first thing is just do the best we could with what is in our control. So, you know what? We scheduled a new date. Uh, we scheduled a new wedding date. We rebooked our venues. We reprinted our invitations. You know, we hosted our out-of-town guests who came in July uh, and, and said, hey, hope you enjoy the time together. Uh, you know, weren't you, weren't you guys supposed to get married today? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's supposed to be our wedding day today. They, they, we, we hosted them anyways, and they came back in September. God bless them. Uh, you know, and, and it was one of those things where we just had to do the best we could with what is, what is in our control. Trust God with what is out of control. It was about choosing to do things, you know, God's way instead of our way. And saying, you know, the Bible says, honor your father and mother. And so, of course, we're not going to get married without Charlene's dad there. And, you know, give it time. Saying, okay, God, we're just going to trust that in your time, it's all going to work out. And so that's what we did. Instead of getting married on July 5th, 2003, we ended up getting married on September 1st, 2003, two months later. And let me tell you this. Other than the birth of my two kids, it was the happiest day of my life. And looking back now, though I can't go into detail about it right now, I can tell you this, is that now looking back, I can see the wisdom behind why we didn't get married on July 5th, why we instead got married later, God had a better plan. If you believe that, say amen. And see, here's the thing, I'm not saying that God caused SARS just for me, right? That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But the Bible does say that in all things, in all things, things we don't expect, things we don't desire, things that take us off course from our own plans, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And that's what he does for you and for me if we would surrender our plans to him. Here's a question today, once again. Is there a plan that you need to surrender God? Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 says it this way. It says, he has made everything beautiful in its time. Since God is greater than our problems, let's surrender our plans to him and trust that God will make all things beautiful in his time. Amen? Number two, and we're going to close. See, since promise number two is that Jesus is with you always to the very end of the age. The second way that we respond to God's promises, we keep drawing near to God. See, Jesus is always with us. He's there to the end of the age, but you don't want to ignore him. You want to draw near to him. And what good is it to have Jesus always with you when you're ignoring him? 
What, is, what, is, what, is, what good is it to have God by your side when you never pay any attention to him? We ought to draw near to him because he's always with us. Hebrews 10, to 25 says it this way. Read it with me in big loud voice. One, two, three, it says, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, draw near to God. Draw near to God. And say them, say them somewhat, something else from verse 25. Tell them, let's encourage one another. Let's encourage one another. Tell, tell them, don't give up. Don't give up. In fact, I'm going to ask us to do an exercise right now. If you've got a neighbor with you that you're watching this, 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 this service with, or, or maybe you're watching online, there's a little chat room there. Could you just encourage the people that are in that chat room with you? Or you could just type, don't give up. Don't say, don't give up. Just do that right now. Just type it real quick. Yeah. And see, what does verse 25 say? It says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let me ask you a question. What day is the writer of Hebrews talking about? What day that's approaching? See what day? Let me tell you, this is referring to the day Jesus returns. It's a day that we hope for. It's a day we look forward to. But there's another day that we as Thrive Church can look forward to as well. What was that day? It's the day where we can all meet face to face and worship together here at Thrive Center once again. Amen? That's a day we look forward to for sure. But in the meantime, what do we do? Do we ignore God? No. In the meantime, we keep drawing near to him. Practically speaking, how do we do that? How do we practically speak and keep drawing near to God? If you're here and you're just exploring Christianity, can I tell you, one, one of the things I'm going to encourage you to do in this next season of life, since you might have extra time in your hands, maybe on your own a little bit more, would you use this time to seek the answers to the questions that you're asking about the Christian faith, about Jesus, about the Bible, about Christianity? In fact, we just finished, a, just last week, a brand new series here at Thrive called Overcome My Unbelief, where we looked at different questions, very common objections people have to the Christian faith. And if you're new to Christianity, I hope you just check out all of that series and hope it is very helpful to you. If you're a Christian in this place, can I encourage you to do this, to draw near to God, is keep having your daily time with God. For those of you who don't have that habit, guess what? It's time to get into that habit. More than ever before, you need to have that habit. In fact, that's what we do as a church. Every day we've got our game booklet. If you know what the game stands for, say it with me wherever you are. The game stands for the God and me experience. And what we do is we just read a short passage from the Bible together and we answer a few questions based on that. And I'll even send you an email to say, this is what I'm learning. In case you're not really sure what to learn from this, this is what I'm learning. And we do this. Hundreds of people every single day. We're doing this together. And I will encourage you, if you don't have a time with God yet, it is time to do that now. You can go to our office at Thrive Center. Pick up your own game booklet. You can subscribe online at mythrive.info for what are, are what we call Pastor JV's game strings. That's the email that I send. Because you're going to find this, is that you're going to need to hang on to God like never before in this brand new season when we're not able to meet face to face. And so keep on drawing near to God through a daily time with him. There's nothing we can do. It's your small group. Everyone say small group. Is that keep on getting connected with your small group. Whether it's meeting face-to-face in a smaller group in a safe way. Or it's, you know, keeping online. Maybe you Zoom or another platform to keep staying connected. Stay connected with one another. But finally, and certainly not least, is keep drawing near to God with your church and our online service. Keep coming back here. Because the fact is this. 
We often talk about being a proactive church. But especially now, in this season of life, in this time in history, we need to be proactive about drawing near to God. Oh, but JB, you know, I, I, I'm not used to watching services online. You know, I, I, it's not, I'm not used to it. It's not the same. Guess what? You don't have a choice anymore. You don't have a choice anymore. Instead, you should say, you know, praise God. Now I could watch service and be part of service and worship God in my pajamas. Just where I am, in my bedroom. You can do that. See, here's the thing. The biggest temptation that you're going to face in this coming season, when we're not able to meet together face-to-face, the biggest temptation is for you to say, I'm just going to ignore my faith for now. I'm just going to do my own thing, forget my faith for a time being. I'll just wait till the church opens up again and like we can meet together. If you're used to that, if you're used to meeting together with us and, and, and that's all you rely on for your faith, guess what? i got to give you a warning today. The warning is this. Let me warn you that what will happen if you don't keep drawing near to God in this new season, if you don't find new ways to draw near to God, if you don't get adjusted to online services, if you don't do that, you just, oh, I'm just going to sit back and do my own thing and just forget the Bible, forget Jesus, forget the church, forget God for now. What's going to happen? If you, you're going to find this, is that your faith could be gone by the time we're actually back here. Here's the thing. If you're a Christian and you're a member of Thrive Church, I don't think any of you in this next season is going to intentionally renounce your faith and say, I am no longer a Christian. I am no longer a follower of Jesus. I no longer believe. I don't think anyone's going to do that. But there is a real risk that without you even trying, something just as bad is going to happen. Is that simply because you never were proactive during this season with your faith. Is that your faith atrophied. Just like a muscle atrophies. Because you don't use it, it just kind of goes weak and limp and lifeless. And that's a real risk in this season. And so can I encourage you, can I warn you, can I challenge you in this season of life? You've got to keep drawing near to God. And we as a church, we're going to do everything we can to give you resources and ways and channels for you to do that. But you need to be proactive about it. Because when we finally come back together for our on-site services, whether it's a month from now or whenever it might be, I don't want to find you a weaker version of yourself. I don't want to find you needing spiritual CPR because you're practically dead spiritually. I don't want to have to go to your house and carry you out of the couch in order to get you to church. I want to see you stronger than ever before. And you come back and saying, JB, this wasn't an easy season. Man, it was tough and I missed you guys. But praise God, we got to see each other online. Praise God, I stayed connected with my small group. Praise God that I kept on drawing near to God in my daily time with Him. Praise God that I sought answers to the questions I was asking. And because of that, though it wasn't easy, I'm stronger because of it. May that be your reality in this new season. You know, I wasn't supposed to give this message today. We have a dear friend of ours, a special guest, who's going to bring the message today. But when the government came down with the ban on large meetings on Thursday, Thursday afternoon, you know, our team met together. We had a long, long, long meeting about what should we do. And we made the decision to say, yeah, we've got to cancel our live services. And now we have to, I have to address all of you on this day about what we're going to do. And, you know, it was a bit stressful because we've never done this before. And, you know, usually I'll take some time to, to prepare a message. And I had basically 36 hours uh, to prepare that, minus 16 hours if you've got two days of eight hours of sleep, which I didn't get. But the fact is that it was one of those things. I had no idea what to say to you guys until Saturday morning. I got on my knees. And I just prayed. I said, God, what do you want to say? What, what do you want to say to the people today? And as I'm kneeling on the ground, just kind of just like just 
just before God in his presence. I know it was sunny outside, but it felt like it was snowing inside. I felt like this message just came like snow. And I could just write it down. And, and I hope that for you here in this place, even though you're watching online and maybe you're not used to it, I hope and pray that this message was for you today. That God's promises are your weapon against fear. God's promises are your weapon so you can take the lid off of fear in your life. And, you know, it just goes to show that when you keep drawing near to God, he gives you everything you need. You're not going to find the peace that you're looking for or the hope that you're looking for just by following the news. You're not. You're not going to find it by playing video games. You're not going to find it by ignoring your faith. You find it when you draw near to God. Can I tell you, Thrive Church, wherever you are, in your car, in your room, you know, wherever you might be listening to this right now, and to all of our friends watching online as well, it's time to draw near to God. It's time to hang on to his promises. It's time to seek after God like we've never sought him before, knowing that he will make all things beautiful in this time. And on that day when we're all together once again in the same place, I can't wait. I miss you guys already. But here's believing, like we always say here at Thrive, that the best is yet to come. So it's with that in mind right now that I want to lead you in a time of prayer. Before I do that, I'm going to ask Marcy and Rachel to lead us in a song. And we're going to make this our opportunity, our moment, wherever we are, Thrive Church all over Greater Vancouver, wherever you might be. Let's give God our worship. Let's give God our praise. Let's respond to God. Let's hang on to his promises. Let's draw near to him. Let's do that together. Wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, wherever you're standing, we'll just give God a big hand, a big shout wherever you are today because he's worthy of our praise. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I believe in faith that you're doing that. Today we've been talking about God's promises. How it's one thing for God to make these great and precious promises to us, but it's another thing for us to respond to it. I want to give you an opportunity to do exactly that right now. And so would you bow your heads with me as we pray? And today I'm here to let you know, if you are still exploring Christianity, you're still new to this Christian thing, if I could tell you this one thing, if you don't leave with anything else except this, would you leave with this, that God loves you. He loves you so much. He sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all of our sins, past, present, and future, so that we could have forgiveness, so that we could have a second chance, so that we could have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if you are here and you realize you need God's forgiveness, maybe for something you said this morning, maybe for something you did last night, then I'm here to let you know that God's forgiveness is free because Jesus Christ paid for it with his precious blood. And so with that in mind, if you want God's forgiveness today, I'm going to invite you just to do this one simple thing. Wherever you might be right now listening to this message, why don't you just lift your hand to God right now. If you realize you need God's forgiveness for sin in your life, then I'm here to say, why don't you just lift up your hand as a response to God. And wherever you are, believe that as you're going to pray this prayer with me, that God is listening because he is. He loves you. He's listening. He's here with you right now. Why don't you pray this prayer with me right now. You can say, dear Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross to pay for my sins, that you rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you to please forgive me of all of my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, then can I tell you, according to the Bible, you are forgiven of your sins. You are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. 
you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And, and if that's you, if you raise your hand just now and you prayed that prayer from your heart, can I encourage you right now on your screen, you're going to see this little button that says, uh, raise my hand. And if that's you, would you just click that? And no, don't worry, nothing too scary at all. It's not scary at all. Rather, it's, it's we're going to connect you up with uh, a, a gift that we want to give to you just to congratulate you on this amazing decision to accept God's forgiveness and receive Jesus Christ into your life. And so encourage you to just click that, raise my hand, and our team will be with you to give you that gift. And a big congratulations to you. For all of us here, here's one more thing we're going to pray for. We're going to pray that in this new season, we would respond to God's promises. That in this new season, we wouldn't allow fear to control us, but they would respond to the promise that God is greater than any problem that you're facing today that God is always with you to the very end of the age. And so if that's you, and you want to let loose the grip that fear has in your life, with every head bowed, never out and close, why don't you lift your hand to God as well? This is your turn right now. Why don't you lift up your hand to God right now? And just from your heart, in your own words, just take, take a half minute just to start talking to God right now. Just from your heart, in your own words, just start talking to God from your heart. Just respond to what you've heard this, this, this morning. Just respond to the message today. Which is start talking to God from your heart today. He loves you. He's listening. He's here with you right now. So just respond to him. He loves you. He's here right now. Just respond to him today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Why don't you pray this prayer with me right now? You can say, dear Jesus, thank you so much that you made me not to be controlled by fear. And so right now, I respond to your promises. I declare that you are greater than any problem I'm facing today. And so therefore, starting now, I surrender my plans to you. I declare, because you say so, that you are always with me to the very end of the age, that you are with me right now in the midst of my problem. And so therefore, I declare, I'm going to draw near to you. In this new season, I'm going to draw near to you. I'm going to get close to you. I'm going to go out of my way to do what's maybe not comfortable and spend time seeking you like I've never sought you before. Would you use this new season of my life in the history of Thrive Church for all of us to know you more, to love you better, and to grow more like Jesus, including me today. Thank you. Let's draw near to you together on our own until we next can meet face to face. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Right where you are, wherever you are, would you give God a big hand, a big shout in this place because he's worthy of it. That's it. That's it. Oh, come on. I think there's more in you than that. Come on. Give God all of your praise today. Come on. It's so great to have you here. It's so great to be a church together. I miss you guys already because I can't see you face to face. But in faith, I just believe that the best is yet to come. And we're going to see each other very, very soon. Love you guys. Miss you guys. Man, I miss you guys. Big, big thank you to our team. Working so hard around the clock to make this service possible. Big thank you to you guys for listening, watching, wherever you are. I know it's not comfortable. I know it's not ideal. I know it's not the most natural thing. But let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. 
but let us encourage one another all the more until we see that day approaching. And that day is coming. It's coming soon. So don't give up. The best is yet to come. Have a great morning, everyone. We love you guys. We'll see you guys really soon. We're gonna hand this hand to Raul. At the same time, we're gonna collect the offering of those you call to our church, your home church. We're just believing the work that God is doing here. Let's give our very best to God because when we seek God's kingdom first, what does he do? He adds everything we need. And so do that online. Let's give great support to our church during this time. And let's do that. And have the time of Raul as we close off our service today. Love you guys. See you guys really soon. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor JB. All right, everyone, before we wrap things up today, I have a few short announcements. The first one being, if this is your first time visiting us, then let us know. Click on the new here button as we have a free Thrive Water bottle waiting for you. And don't forget, if you were blessed by today's message, then we encourage your kind support by clicking the giving button. And for those of you who received Jesus into your lives, let us know. Drop a comment below or send us a private message and we would love to mail you a very special gift. And don't forget, for those of you with kids, we have the Thrive Church Kids Activities available for download by clicking the resources button. And for those of you who are ready for your next steps, signups, and other resources, don't forget, visit MyThrive.info. That's it for the announcements this week, guys. Have a great, blessed rest of your Sunday, and we will see you back here next Sunday at Thrive Church Online. See you guys.